At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up! This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister, and he's Ralph Amson, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles, the podcast by Pac-12 fans for Pac-12 fans, at least for now. At least for now. We are still Pac-12 fans. Um, but uh, today was Pac-12 Media Day today, and I got a chance to be in attendance. It was an interesting vibe, Ralph. It was clearly something was amiss, and there were some unwritten rules, right? You could ask about the conference stuff because you were supposed to, but you couldn't press too hard because in reality – these are just dumb football, quote unquote, dumb football coaches. They don't know anything about it. All they know is playing football, right? Right. Even though the move was made specifically with them in mind, there there was a point where George Klyavkov kind of like early got sick of the questions and was like hoping to get a football question here real <laughs> soon. I'm like, buddy, these are all football questions. Um this was his first real like time of being put through the fire because yes. by the end of Larry Scott's tenure with the PAC 12, it was just very tired media members <laughs> knowing that they weren't going to get anything but absolute like gobbledygook from Larry Scott's mouth. So, and Rosie and a Pollyanna ish view of yeah. the conference and everything going on. And, and George, at least like, he feels like a good leader to me. Like he inspires confidence. You mean like he inspires kinda, a lot of confidence to me? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, if you don't think too much about some of the stuff that he was saying, because he, I, I really felt like he did a good job today, but when you peel back the layers on some of the stuff he said, it was like, all right, well, 
one of the things is mutually exclusive to the other things like saying, I feel like the conference is in a good, a good position because we got two of the biggest high profile transfers in the transfer portal. We landed all of the five stars in our footprint and we added some high profile new coaches. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about USC. <laughs> like all three of those categories are USC and well, they're leaving the conference. Well, so. well, Oregon did land a five star in, uh, in Josh Connerly out of, uh, right. Out of Washington. And then they have a five star now in Dante Moore, but who knows? I'm sorry, but, but he's out of Michigan. So that's out of the yeah. footprint. But it was refreshing to, to have, um, a conference commissioner who is a remember he's a university of Virginia fan. Like he's followed sports his whole life. It is refreshing to have somebody who understands recruiting. Yes. Kyle Whittingham said today when he took the podium, recruiting is 80% of your success. Yep. And if like, uh, if meat and potatoes and vegetables, Kyle Whittingham, no sugar, no frosting. (laughs) Recruiting is 80% of your success, then recruiting is 80% of your success. Correct. Correct. And he's a development guy. And he knows that even still, he's like, listen, you got to have the horses, fam. You have to have the actual horses. So I yeah, respect might, him for that. It might, you might not need to have a team of all four and five stars, but you best not miss on those three stars. You better have a high hit rate. You better know exactly what your identity is. No, you are a hundred percent right about that. Now, now, uh, George Kleokov did say something. So he did paint a pretty favorable view of the conference going forward about what that the conference could make it, that there was some great things uh, ahead. And he talked about some big tech companies as far as as far as the companies that could be coming on as media partners. So big tech sounds like to me, Apple, Amazon, um, yeah. And, or, or YouTube that, that those sound like big tech to me. It, am I missing anybody? No, all three of those are in the pac 12 footprint. Yeah. Shit, it, is there, is there, Anybody else that qualifies as big tech because anybody besides those <laughs> three, because that would, that would be like a Larry Scott move. Be like, yeah, we're going big tech. And he ends up with like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to put our, our games on, on a uh, Twitch two <laughs> instead of like Twitch. <laughs> yeah. It's big. It's big tech Twitch 2.0. And you're no, like, I, why not the regular Twitch? <laughs> I mean, I mean Netflix. If Netflix wants to get into live stories, okay. I'd be all about it. But sh- put us on the PlayStation Network. I don't care. Like, <laughs> put us wherever as, people are. Yeah, as long as you can access it. My three-month uh, sling pause ended today. So I'm back to paying 65 bucks a month just to get Pac-12 Network. And Pac-12 Network only. That's on top of the 85 a month I pay for YouTube TV to be able to record the outer conference games and the ones that are on network TV. So without yeah. cable and not counting Disney plus and Netflix and Hulu and every other streaming service like Paramount plus, because you got me into Yellowstone, like, <laughs> not counting all that stuff. I'm paying 150 bucks a month for just slinging YouTube TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very frustrating. I would just love 
to be able to, to just be able to one place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like those nice people over in the sec, oh, sec network available everywhere. No problem. Um, but there right, was also some watching the mountain West than I do the pac 12. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's on CBS sports. You can count on it. Um, now one of the things I, that he, George Kliakoff said that you pointed out to me, and I didn't even realize that when he said it, was he said that we could actually, we even without USC and UCLA, we could be playing more games in Los Angeles. And I was initially thinking about, okay, conference championship game, SoFi, something, something like that. And you were thinking something else, though. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like... If if USC and UCLA are out of the way, and we'll get to the UCLA bit in a minute here, because oh man, did he he put some put a little bit of salt on the wound there, and 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 really made it sound like UCLA has a, a um, some hurdles before they actually exit the conference. But one of the things that he said was we could be playing a lot of games in Los Angeles and, and that hit everybody's ear funny because they were talking about, you know, San Diego State possibly coming to the conference. How does that help you play in L.A.? Well, neutral site games. Every other conference does neutral site games. They play, you know, in Dallas or they play in Houston or, or you know, these other NFL stadiums, Indianapolis, whatever it is. You were never going to really play a bunch of neutral site games in L.A. because you had two teams in L.A. See, I never even considered that, bro. Right. And so you have SoFi and and a lot of people were like, how is that going to be helpful? Your fans don't even fill out the stadiums now. Are they going to travel to L.A.? It's not about the fans. It's not about the fans. It's about not losing the lifeblood of your conference, which is three star recruits from the L.A. area. That's the God's honest truth. The lifeblood of the conference isn't the four and five stars. The people that fill out the rosters mostly come from California and they're mostly three-star skilled position players. That's what makes the PAC 12 unique. Oregon state depends on them. Washington state depends on them. Arizona state depends on them. Arizona, you know, Utah to some extent, Colorado, all these teams are drawing all these California players. If you don't give them the chance to play in front of their families, you could lose them to the big 10 schools that actually do get to travel to LA once a year. So, you have three-star L.A. wide receiver and cornerbacks considering Oregon State that now are considering Purdue. I know. And if you lose those kids, if you, if you start losing kids to Rutgers. No, that cannot happen, bro. That that would be the disaster of all disasters. But I, I did have a bunch of conversations. Well, But that wouldn't – don't you think it's a good idea to play in L.A.? So yes. Yeah. Dude, I love it because a lot of these schools fan bases, they have a significant fan base outside of their state and people would travel to Los Angeles to come see a game. Not only that, but you it, if those teams would say like, all right, every high school student in all of Orange County, all of L.A. County, all of the Inland Empire, they come for free. Like anybody can come check this game out. You know, because you, you're right. You're not going to yeah. sell all the seats in an Oregon State versus Arizona game in SoFi Stadium. But to be able to play in for, like to, to keep the Pac-12 footprint in L.A., even with the schools gone, is going to be vitally important. I can't imagine losing it. And anybody that's opposed to the idea of neutral site games in L.A., you're killing the conference even more than it's already dead by losing the L.A. schools. Yep. You have to so be able to do play you, in front of the so So the question is, 
is is the conference dead is the question because some people I talked to today believe that we are what mm, 23 yeah that we are that next year will be the final Pac-12 media day and there are other people that are like no bro this thing is going to press forward it's going to look a little bit differently but my whole thing was like if you are Washington and Oregon what can the Pac-12 possibly do to keep you and Stanford too if the Big 10 in the next 60 days is like come on in full full member i what, i do think that what it, can it, you how can you say no to that Right. I, I do think that it was kind of a, a show of solidarity to have Bernard Muir uh, up there on stage with him taking questions, the uh, Stanford AD. Uh, yeah. And the Stanford AD said that they've had no formal talks with the Big Ten or anything like that. Um, formal, being the word. Shorter television contracts would be the thing that would appease Washington and Oregon or at the very least hit the snooze button on them leaving the conference but what I yeah but you have to find the money to, though yeah like you have to find the money what what i would have a hard time agreeing to if i was um colorado or utah is uh, an uneven split yeah i would have a hard time with that because they're already making the concession of a less sure thing by taking a shorter tv deal so it's kind of like to me it's like pick one either give us the stability of a long-term commitment from Oregon and we'll give you more of a share in the conference because you are the biggest draw. And Dan Lanning came out and he hammered home that point over and over and over again. Like it was almost like he was auditioning for the big 10. <laughs> we, we, stage. we are the biggest brand in, in, in the pac 12. Yeah. As it stands right now, for sure. And he, and he did repeatedly say fastest growing brand too, which, which, yeah, uh, made me smile. Um, but it, it, I would say that if you're one of these other Pac-12 teams, you're trying to save the conference, um, and that's assuming you don't have like Arizona trying to get into the Big 12 as we speak. But if you're one of these other teams, you're trying to save the conference. I would ask Oregon and Washington for, hey, one or the other, man. Like we will, we will give you one or the other, because as it stands right now. The Big Ten, if they decided to just open things back up, they could take Washington and Oregon. They could own the entire West Coast time slot, and nobody's going to be watching. Nobody's going to be watching well, Cal see, versus Colorado when they could be watching Oregon against Iowa, like that in that time slot. See, see, but the thing is, though, is that if you are the Big Ten. You can't just like I know that USC fans and UCLA fans that they especially USC fans like they have really relished. It appears to be like that, that the fact that they were that they went into the Big Ten first. But the reality is they haven't gone anywhere yet. <laughs> like they're still in the Pac-12 right right now. And they're like, ah, ha, Oregon got left but behind. Nobody has gone anywhere yet. You know what I mean? Like, and and they've relished in that because they think it's going to be a big recruiting push. But the reality is, is that 
if if Oregon and Washington get in two months from now or even a year from now, what have you actually gained? Oh, as far as having a, a separation between you and another school and recruiting? Well, when with UCLA and the way that they recruit, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's going to – and Chip Kelly said today nothing about their outlook is going to change. He went through their defensive backs. They're all 6'2 and above, every single yep. one of them. He's been recruiting like they were headed to the Big Ten his, the entire time. <laughs> that's, that's no, he definitely has. Does, right? And so – you know, but he said that recruits are are receptive to the idea. He said the high schoolers that he talks to, um, you know, assuming Chip Kelly is actually really out there hitting the recruiting trail hard. Um, even though I do know he's he he does he likes to hit these high schools himself and yes and he does like that. He's just got really specific criteria for what he's going after. Um, but he says that there is an uptick in excitement for the high school kids that he's recruiting about the idea that they're going to be able to play Michigan and Ohio State and stuff like that. Uh, but there's Gavin Newsom. The governor is standing in the way. Plus, oh, my gosh, the, dude, uh, in, that is definitely still the head of the, the California University system. You know, do you have people that are like, why are we separating Cal and UCLA? This yeah, doesn't yeah. this doesn't make sense. And so you're going to have a bunch of people try to stand in UCLA's uh, way on this. And then you're going to have some gangster ass people saying, like, where's my cut? <laughs> oh, <laughs> for oh, for, oh, oh, for sure. They, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they, they're going to be like, oh, well, uh, listen, like, wait, I wait, need wait. What, what do you mean you made a move without grease in the wheel for me? <laughs> yes, exactly. But I. Yeah, uh, but w we had a chance to hear the coaches as well. Started off today with uh, wait, who was who was first today? Let me pull up my Kyle handy. Whitting Kyle Whittingham was the first. Yes, coach. yes, Kyle Kyle Whittingham was, and he's always pretty, you know, charismatic and matter of fact, and I think he feels real good about his team this year because he had cam rising and Clark Phillips with him. And I think he feels real good about the way his team finished last season and their prospects for this year. I honestly, to me, I look at this team and outside of receiver, they're, I mean, you, it would have been pretty difficult for me to come up with a reason not to vote them number oh, one. Oh, yes. But I mean, it would yes, have been, been hard. Like, I even if like Homerism, even if ASU was like close, if ASU was number two and, and I and I had the Homer juice really flowing, it would be very difficult for me to find any reason that Utah is not the number one team in the conference. Yes, there's nothing that USC people, I heard them in the elevator today. Uh, people who worked there, oh my God, they picked a second. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, in the South, I'm like, that's probably where you should have been picked. <laughs> like you don't have an offensive line and Utah crushed you and crushed Oregon last year. Both of you have a new head coach. So, no, you should not be the favorite to win anything. Um, right. But, right. And, and, I, and, that, and what's funny is USC is always overvalued by the Pac-12 writers because so many of them are based in, in LA well, and so many people vote. Yeah, but to be on, fair. Like, our power. 
So yeah, USC but to be is always voted higher than they finish. But to be fair, though, there was some. There used to be good reason for that because the sheer amount of talent on the roster yeah. made it just yeah. Um, and then then you had Dan Lanning come on with uh, Alex Forsythe and DJ Johnson. Notice he didn't bring a quarterback. Didn't bring a quarterback intentionally because they're still in a competition. So you can't bring Bo Nix or Ty Thompson. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but I am surprised that he didn't bring Panay Sewell, who is maybe the best. Oh, n- Noah Sewell. Not Panay. Noah Sewell, yeah. Noah Sewell is yeah. probably, the, probably the best football player in the conference as it, yeah. as it stands right now. now. You might have yeah. a little bit of competition, but Dan Lanning really came off today as the young, enthusiastic salesman. He, 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 him and Jed Fish both brought that salesman vibe. Um, yeah. He had, he had a lot of colloquialisms and kind of cliches. And he was very exciting. It was very be very easy to get fired up in a conversation with. Oh, for sure. He's like uh, he 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 kind of gives off that Mario Cristobal vibe, but like with the Tony Romo smile, with like the buddy buddy. Yes, dude. His his smile is a winner, bro. He's got a winner smile, like to where he He it's it's kind of it's very disarming. Yeah, he the kind of smile he has is like the one that you you give after you bluffed your way to taking the whole pot in a poker game. <laughs> yes, it that's a good you one. Don't, you don't want to show people up, but you don't want it to look like you're not happy about what happened. Like he, he he's it's just very reassuring and very like I I don't know it just it like I have a secret I know what I'm doing. Um, and I am, I am rooting for him to have success, especially if they stay in the Pac-12. Um, but I, I, a lot of the guys on that staff, I've watched since they were GAs. Dan Lanning was a GA yeah. under Todd Graham at Arizona State, as was Ken, Kenny Dillingham. And anybody who was on that staff and had to put up with Todd Graham is somebody that I root for to have success you know, <laughs> at, the, at the next level. So, you know, I do really want them to do well, but I thought that he had a really good showing. Today, it just very much to me also felt like he was flaunting Oregon's credentials for potential uh, suitors who who were tuned in elsewhere. Hey, are we going to save the main topic of the Pac-12 Media Day till the very end? I just want to throw it out as a teaser for any new listeners that we might be gathering that George Klyavkov <laughs> threw through a Molotov cocktail at the big 12 oh, conference. Oh my God. Yes. Go on, go on, wanna, go on. Yes. Wanna, go on, man. Do you want to no, say that? No, 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 we can talk about it right now. My friend, what was your reaction to that? What was your immediate reaction to that? That, that, that George Klinkoff is with the shits. He's like, <laughs> bro, you're, you're, tr- I mean, he's like, you're trying to take my job, my multi-million dollar job that I am trying to save this conference. And you're trying to steal it from me. F you homie. And it, they, they went from real friendly and all that stuff to listen. I, I don't even know if he picks up the phone. If, if uh, Kevin Warren calls right now, for, who's the Big Ten commissioner? 
Yeah, so that that was the biggest complaint from Big Twelve fans. And Big Twelve fans, they went through this shit last year, so they've you know it, it's it's fresh to them. They thought their conference might might be dead, and then they replenished with schools like Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and so you know <laughs> they uh um they were very upset that uh that George Kliakov would go after them for their commissioner saying we're open for business. And if you don't know what George Klyukov said was, well, I'm glad you're open for business. We haven't decided if we're going to shop there yet. Yeah. Like essentially saying like, we're still making up our mind on whether or not we're going to take your teams when we expand, because it was when, not if he said PAC 12 is expanding. If it wants to survive, it's going to expand. Yeah. Um, not really any of the big 12 schools really fit with the mission of the PAC 12. And they also F up the time zone. So like maybe a Texas tech, but like the, it, it's, it, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to go shopping at the big 12, but he said he felt like he needed to defend the conference from the grenades being lobbed by the big 12. All the big 12 fans were like the big 10 did this to you. Why aren't you mad at them? And the way I looked at it was the big 10 already came in and ransacked your house. The rival gang saw that your house got ransacked and they showed up. And and the big 12 commissioner. Yes. And if you notice the big 12 has been doing things to make sure that they are, that they are, um, well, 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 to try to act reports, like that they are more important than the Pac-12. If you believe reports that are out there, they are actively courting University of Arizona right now. Yep. Because so do you think that, that there's a world that they are? Arizona, University of Arizona to the Big 12 would make them in the running for their premier basketball conference in the country. In the running? Yeah. I don't know if it's the ACC. It's the ACC now. Yeah, well, true. But if, but if you had Arizona and Kansas and Texas, or no, I guess not Texas. Well, well, not te- yeah, but but it it would kind of save them on the basketball end. Have, yeah, o- yeah, and place. Oklahoma State. Yeah, Iowa State is almost always good. Yep. Iowa, yeah. bunch of yep. four seeds. Exactly, and then you can add like, and then if they added Colorado too, mm, that's. That's a decent addition. And dude, that basketball league would be crazy. They'd be like an eight bid league. Yeah. So George Klyavkov says he says that the the board members are having biweekly meetings. I did think it was funny that they had a meeting today and didn't invite UCLA and USC. Well, how are you supposed to invite them, bro? He said he said we'll invite them to meetings that pertain to them. But this was future business and they're not in our future. While at the same time saying that UCLA might not even be done yet and so i, hey, I don't know hey, are hey, there until sour grapes or not are there yes because one media member said uh you know he kind of implied that hey are you gonna treat why are you treating usc and ucla with respect george klievkov said because it's the right thing to do and the media member was like yeah but why but and but so why he, is it the right thing to do yeah 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 and I do, I, I, I do respect it, and I do think it is the right thing to do, but, like, I don't think it would hurt George Klyavkov's feelings if USC went 0-12 this year. No, 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 no. Dude, if, if USC <laughs> struggles this year, nobody in the who's left in the Pac-12 is going to cry. Nobody. They're just going to be like, oh, really? Oh, really? You, you uh, thought you were better than us, huh? All right, cool. <laughs> Let, uh, uh, let's see how this plays. If you if you can't play this here, how do you think that that's going to work when you got to go run in the cold weather multiple times a year? Yeah, 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to the coaches because I, I did, I did just want to make sure we talked about that because he he did he was throwing elbows in the Big 12's direction. And for anybody in the Big 12, that's like, why not the Big 10? Because that's over and done with. Yeah. And also, you got to understand, it, at least in the Pac-12, we recognize that we're not on the same tier as the SEC and the Big 10. That's like the Premier League. Like, we're one step down right now. And that ship sailed 10 years ago. Thanks, Larry Scott. But the Big 12 even believe like the, the Big 12 believes that even without Oklahoma and Texas that they that are they better. Stop it. Stop it. Nobody wants to watch any of your schools play football, really. Besides. Uh, who's the who's the top football school there now? Baylor, Oklahoma State. And let's Those be are, honest, if if a major college program wants one of your best coaches they're gonna get him yep if alabama wants sark because technically texas is still part of the big 12 they're gonna get him if usc wants lincoln riley they're gonna get him yep if exactly. somebody if somebody really wanted to go after matt campbell he's gone yep exactly your boy at cincinnati is only gonna be around until ohio state comes calling like you are a secondary conference with secondary resources oh dude 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 if if ryan day leaves for the nfl do you know how quickly (laughs) uh what 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 what, what's his name luke fickle he might leave his he might leave the job in the middle of game week (laughs) <laughs> to take a while if, if if they were like listen i know you're playing in the um aac championship they're they're in the aac right yeah 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 you're they're you're in the aac championship hey sorry if you want this ohio state job you can't coach this game you're like bro it's wednesday i don't know what to tell you all right he might leave at halftime <laughs> <laughs> If they called him and told him that at halftime, he was like, yeah. hey, hey, kids, you know, you know, you uh, you know the way that my loyalty is set up. <laughs> um, all right. So if, if it came out that Ryan Day had a mild case of covid, you'd have Cincinnati's players asking Luke Fickle why he has an extra suitcase in his office this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next thing up, Kalen DeBoer from Washington. Yeah, what, he, I mean. The, the thing that stuck out to me was when he talked about that he would love the idea of a, of a playoff because he came from small school football where he coached in a, a playoff type situation. So that, that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I, I, I think we, we're going to have to wait to figure out if he actually knows anything about the team that he's, he's going to coach. He did feel like gave the, gave a subtle nod to Michael Penix. The third is, the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, he kind of did, which is which would probably I mean, after Washington fans touted um uh what's his name? The left hand kid, the uh, legacy kid. Was it Heward? Yeah, yeah. After they touted Heward and was like, he's gonna be the savior, he should be starting. And then if Michael Penix Jr. starts, and I think he's got two years of eligibility left. Bro, that would put a monkey wrench in uh in that situ- situation. And I I think I I was I liked him. I see what he's what he's doing, but this is a multi-year rebuild for Washington. You know, like their their roster is not of the of the national championship caliber in terms of 
blue chip rating, but he's he's got a shot. But I think that he's going to have to start swinging for defenses and hitting some home runs and recruiting if he really wants to, you know, change this from a little engine that could because Washington mm. could be a monster. But they got to get the kids in their state. They got to put a fence around the state yeah. and stop letting them escape. And I, I do like what you what you mentioned of like it, it could be a multi year rebuild or or Michael Penix could know the system. He could go out in the first few weeks of this year and he could put some goosebumps on people's arms with his play and it could trick people and it would be a trick because they don't have the personnel that they need there yet, could trick people into thinking this Washington offense is sexy. Yep. And then no, it's a fake you... it till you make it type situation. You get kids committing. They're like, yeah, I want to come play for Kalen DeBoer. I see what Michael Penix is doing out there. I see like him using his legs and the athleticism on top of being a, a pretty damn good quarterback. Like I, he's out there making plays. That's got to be Kalen DeBoer. Like yep. instead of you know just the comfort that Michael Penix has with the system plus his his athleticism, and and you could turn the recruiting around early in this season. Yes, you but can. You have to look good. Uh, yes, I, looking is, good is the most important thing. Yeah, yep. I one hundred percent agree with you. And when Washington looks good, they recruit well. Yep. Period. Yep. Now, um, what did you think about Carl Dur- Durrell? Because I've wanted him to be successful, but I don't know about this offensive coordinator pick. It's scaring the hell out of me. It is scaring the hell out of me. Yeah, I would say that of everybody, well, uh, if you put Herm Edwards off to the side, uh, of everybody, Carl Durrell kind of gave me the most concern today. Just with, like his demeanor, it just felt like he was hanging out, having a chat with the media. Like, yep. you know. He did point to the fact that they made a big jump in his third year at UCLA, but like that's not relevant. It really isn't to exactly what's going on at Colorado. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting go for them because he he's might not be making a change at quarterback. No, oh, oh, well, he well, well, he correct, but but he talked about that, and your boy. Uh, TJ JT Shrout JT Shrout so so JT had been injured right and now he's back fully healthy so he kind of talked about that today about you know whether it was going to be a true competition he was like and he kind of it kind of sounded like he had that there was a decision already that it was leaning one way or the other, but, and it didn't sound like it was leaning your boy JT Strout's way, but yeah, you never know. I this could end up a well. situation like what happened at Utah last year, which is, which I did ask Cam Rising about. And here is what Cam Rising, when I got a chance to talk to him, what he had to say. We are on with the man with the with the proper football name, Cam <laughs> Rising. Um, so what has this year been like for you? You went in last year, you weren't named the starter, and then you end up the starter, and now you are one of the favorites for preseason, you know, Pac-12 player of the year. Um, I, I still, my mindset hasn't changed. I still feel like I got to go out there and, and just prove it each and every day. With, without doing that, nothing else, none, none of those pieces are going to fall into place. And 
yeah, that's that's kind of my mindset. Yeah, um, Utah is a very unique place. I, I, I was out there in 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 April on a official unofficial visit yeah. with, with my son, and I noticed how much how close the team was, the Absolutely. camaraderie. Can can you talk about the environment that Coach Whittingham has been able to build there? Yeah, I mean, Coach. That just comes with, with years of being in the program and, and really knowing knowing what you want your team to be like and, and kind of having coaches that really come in and fill that role and, and make sure that they're owning that, that formula that Coach has laid out because it's obviously effective and, and works. And just, yeah, he, he's, he's one of the best in the business because of that and his ability to lead in that. Uh, one, one of the things I noticed was when I walked through the meeting rooms, you guys have some mantras on the wall. And it's so crazy because you can see that in the way that you guys play. Yeah. Is that something that is talked about, or is it just subconscious because you see it so oh, much? Oh no, we hit we hit it on the head and make sure that 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 this is like this is the formula for what we have to be and what we have to do, and and then it just comes down to handling the twenty square feet after that and making yeah. sure that we're applying that to our everyday lives. I remember going into my junior year because I because I came out in the draft as a junior, yeah, and kind of thinking about that possibility prior to the season but trying to suppress that and focus on the season how is that for for you with dealing with the 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 notoriety the potential for the NFL in front of you but then trying to stay laser focused on what's going on now uh just canceling out that noise and really not focusing on it because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter if you don't go out there and prove it so you can talk about this and that but you got to go out there and put that work in to make sure that you're able to do whatever and Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I can. I'm able to. I'm going to be able to do that and just go from there. And hopefully, yeah. some of those pieces fall into place. Yeah. What What does success look like for for you and for the team? Because last year, you know, you crushed Oregon, which is my school twice. I was heartbroken, but then you go to the Rose Bowl, put in on on a great performance. You end up injured, but like, what what kind of what does success this season look like? I think you just you just got to take it one game at a time, and it really comes down to winning football games because that's that's all this business is about, and it's based on production, and production comes with winning. And yeah, we just got to focus on that one week at a time and, and one day at a time, so that we're continuing to improve and getting one percent better each every day. Well, you guys, he's Cam Rising. Hey, good luck this thank this you. season. Much success. Appreciate you. All right, thank. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, uh, yeah, so I, I thought that Cam was honest about his situation, and he's he seems excited about what is going to happen for them. Um, now, moving along to the next coach that was at Pac-12 Media Day, we had, um, oh, Jed, Jed Fish, who was one of two coaches in a suit, except for his suit was not like everybody else. He was just, it felt like business, but like, it felt business casual. Like it, he had on some tennis shoes with his suit. It felt very like on the complete opposite of how Lincoln Riley and the USC kids were dressed in full suits, which was kind of weird. Yeah. But. No, Jeff Fish is like ready at any time for a Miami business lunch. He just could throw the he could throw the uh, the coat over the V neck. Exactly. <laughs> go out there in his in his all white Nike dunks or whatever. Um, well, he he had on some Prada kicks today. Oh, nice. He he is um, he's an interesting dude. And I he pretty firmly like told us what we already knew, which is Jaden Dolores going to be the quarterback. And why wouldn't he? Jaden Dolores. Oh, oh, that was when I went when I went down there in April, that 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 was already known. Would you would you call him because I would call Jaden Delora the third best with the potential to be the second best returning quarterback in the conference so you would put um uh dorian thompson robinson and cam rising in yeah, front of him they're my one and two they're my one and two with an argument that he is could be a yeah of, of, and that's and that's of, of returners considering that nobody is this. really yeah considering that nobody's really re- returning yeah i'm not i'm not counting that usc has oklahoma's uh, 2021 quarterback. I'm not counting the ASU has Florida's 2021 quarterback. I'm not counting incarnate word uh, or, or immaculate heart or wherever Cam Ward came from. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's, it's actually possible. Jaden Delora is like the sixth best quarterback in the conference, but as far as returning quarterbacks, it's two or three and it would be insane if he wasn't good enough to just give it a go right away. Um, but what, what Jed fish said was you could see the offense moving at this point in the off season. That and that was a, not a thing that yes. they had last year. Yeah, it was, was impossible. Dude, it, it, didn't know what the offense was going to look like. Dude, it it had to be so painful to be in their practices last year with their quarterback situation. They had to be like, bro, what the what the hell are we doing? Yeah, and I, what's cool is I think those quarterbacks are all still on the roster. So like that just goes to show you like they aren't pissed and bailing. Yeah, you know, they're they're there because they want to learn. They know that they have more to learn, and they want to be part of this team and this thing that's being built down there. So, um, I don't know. He also, like Dan Lanning, gave 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 off a salesman 
vibe, but I think he really likes that they picked uh, Arizona 11th because all he has to do this year is finish better than 11th and he buys his way into next year being a, another rung on the ladder year. That is crazy. I didn't even think about that, bro. Is that he gets automatic credit for like for just being okay. Like he doesn't even have to be fantastic. If they win five games, that's a win because they really won zero last year. Yeah, I think one one technical win and out recruiting Arizona State, albeit a handcuffed Arizona State, is considered a year one win. And then if you have the media coming in and saying, "Okay, we we think you're better, but we only expect you to be 11th behind Arizona State," I think Jed Fish is like, "Oh my God, dude, I could win three games this year. I could win two games, and as long as one of them's over Arizona State, like I'm that Gucci. gets us into year three. And it this really is a three year build. Like they were down that bad. So if he, any situation that creates more patience for Jed Fish to do what he's doing, I think just sets them up for a really good future. Uh, yep. But it's going to be tough. It's still going to be really tough this year. Yeah, totally agree. Now, um, up next, you had David Shaw. He brought Tanner McKee and Caillou Blue Kelly, whose name is so fun to say. Um, And uh, David Shaw, he lost a little bit of weight. And he was walking around with a little swagger today. He's feeling real good about his team right now. And I think he's feeling real good about their recruiting as well. They're getting uh, a big-time recruit from – well, it appears from my from my son's high school. So, uh, yeah. Okay. A defensive lineman who who's going to be a dog. I have a question after after today because I I realized like after David Shaw got done talking, I was like, oh my god, Stanford is going to be good this year. How did I get talked into them not being good? And then I remember this is the exact same thing that happened last year and the year before. Don't fall for it, bro. I told you, don't don't fall for it. David Shaw could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves to steal. (laughs) And so this is my question for you. How many times has David Shaw been in the absolute most dog of dog houses in his own home and left a conversation with his wife, with her being like, I think we should renew our vows. (laughs) Because today, today got me, dude. He was like, he, he's not one to oversell quarterback, so he didn't go overboard on Tanner McKee. He basically just said, like, he's ready, but he talked up the O-line and the running game and the fact that they had these COVID restrictions and the fact that they didn't lose a ton of people to that weird fifth year not being able yeah. to the grad school thing, that, 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 that and which is true. That which, 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 which typically happens. Yeah, and then their recruiting is good again, like it has been every year except one. And then you had media asking him questions that framed him never firing assistants in a good way. Like, I, I don't know how he got those media assists. They were like, man, you really love continuity. Tell us more about that. Instead of like, hey, everyone else fires underperforming assistants. Why don't you? <laughs> the way they framed it set him up to like gush over oh the idea God. of continuity and the good old days. By the time he got done talking, I was like, damn, that's a 10-win team. <laughs> yep, bro. Don't fall for it, bro. Don't fall for it. Um Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, you say he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Love it. Um, then you had your boy Herm, and he brought an offensive lineman, Ladarius Henderson, and Kyle Soule. Soley. Soley. See that? I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That'll let you know. Um, so that's who we brought to Pac-12 Media Day. Now, uh, what did you think about what Herm had to say? Uh, man, so he, here's the thing about putting a microphone in front of Herm. You got a story for everything. And you got a philosophy for, for the other things that he doesn't have a story for. Yeah. He sat down. He answered some questions. He got, they left him alone. They left Herm alone with five minutes left in his media session. Yes, they did. And he only got asked like six questions. And so that's frustrating in it of it, of of itself. But he, so he, why do you, why do you think that is? uh, Cause he's not going to talk about, he's not going to talk about the, stuff any anything that anybody really wants to talk about right 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 um and then there are just some like not a lot in the pac-12 but there are a lot of like old-timey media people who are very smitten with him and 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 entertained by him and so they're not going to really push because he's friendly to them and he shows everybody respect and but like it it was just frustrating because they let herm tell a couple of stories and then it was one of those things where people would tweet out Herm quotes and then you get every football coach, every high school football coach in America retweeting or quote tweeting something Herm said, like, so true. Yeah. <laughs> Great man. Love Herm. Love you, coach. Like, that's the quote tweet on every single Herm thing, every single day. Something about, you know, commitment, dedication and, and you know, don't do things in the dark that you don't want brought to the light. Yeah. And meanwhile, ASU is going through very real things. Five assistants are probably going to get hit with a show cause. Multiple staff members, you know, bailed. They can't recruit anyone. The entire situation is a massive disaster. And he's not going to talk about that. And so when you actually do let him talk about the team, he kind of says things that don't make any sense at all, but nobody hears those things. Like today he said everything that was going on with the program last year about what assistants were probably going to get fired or not fired brought the team closer together. It united them as a team. And then everybody transferred out. Yeah. Everybody transferred out. You better re-recruit your players at the end of the year. We have 47 new guys coming. And it was like, man, none of this stuff is congruent at all. But like, but people like to listen to him talk. And and <laughs> here's the thing. Herm is wise. And he is inspirational. Yeah. And, he, and I do believe that he's authentic. I think that he just caught. I think he got screwed over by not being ready for a gig that his friend wanted him to have. And 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 overestimating how quickly he was going to acclimate to that stuff yep, and not have people come in and, and jump into the blind spots and completely take over like Antonio Pierce did. So like, I, I am sympathetic to Herm and like, do the players love him that stick around you. But then again, you'd say like, man, you'd have to pay somebody to not be coached by Herm Edwards. Well, now you can pay people to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He literally did lose all his players, but no one said a bad word about him, but it's just one of those things where like, it's just big elephant in the room of like, if you, like if you found your dad's porn collection under his bed and then he like the next day was giving you a speech about, uh, you know, not hiding anything. Yeah. And, just, and living with integrity and, and honor you're like, and all that stuff. You're like, and you're like, yeah, all this stuff makes a lot of sense. My dad's making a lot of sense right now, but he has seven copies of penthouse 
in his pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we also had um, uh, Washington State, Cal, and Oregon State. Did anything stick out from you for anything that Jake Dickert, Justin Wilcox, or Jonathan Smith said? Okay, so for one, Jake Dickert is serious as hell. Like he is, he is there. He's he's ready to go. He really put himself out there as like the practicalist, like the 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 one guy that it, um, it's all going to be philosophy based. I'm hard nosed. I came up the hard way, just like my players. You know, I came from small schools. We're going to bring that small school mentality. We're going to call it the coup grade. We're going to run the shit out of the ball when appropriate. You know, and he the the thing that stood out is like, let me go on record saying I'm a believer in Cam Ward. Yeah. Like nobody asked you not to. Of course, you probably really love the quarterback who you took his head coach and made him your OC and brought him along. Like, of course. But like he he was serious. Like our quarterback's going to be good and we're going to run the ball. And this is our philosophy. And this is who we're going to be. He's committed. Yeah, ready to run through a a brick wall. Um, (laughs) Justin Wilcox, you know, uh, soft-spoken, you know, that he wasn't really pressed on the whole Oregon thing, which would be really interesting to hear him talk at length about that. Um, But he, Oh, do you know what is crazy? When I saw him, he wasn't extra friendly with, with, with me today like he normally was. Maybe he's maybe listen to the show <laughs> or because you technically you had your name on a letter going to bat for him. Exactly. Technically. <laughs> but then everybody wanted you to speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, 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 slow down. That's not what I said. That's yeah. not what I said. Uh, what stood out to me is how nonchalantly pro player he is like pro player rights and pro players having a voice. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'm woke. What of it? Like, that's like, yeah. Like, but you would never expect it from, from him, you know, from yeah, you know, one of the great defensive coordinators, but he, hey, he, his, he's, he's about it. He really is. He's very cow. Yeah. 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 No, but at the same time, like not in any way, uh, he could very much come off as like the, the lib, version of your former head coach <laughs> who uh in jacksonville oh the god team. yes god. yes yes exactly 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 the, DC the commanders but like he could he could you know he kind of has that vibe of like if he just wanted to come out and and grandstand on some things he could but now he's just real chill about it like no nah, i think the closer we get to being all about the players the better off you know yeah and then, uh, the one thing about jonathan smith that stood out to me is he got asked a question that was framed. That's like, what do you think of chance Nolan's like continuity? Cause they didn't bring in a quarterback. Right. So, yeah, correct. So like the way he kind of had to answer the question was like, Hey, say good stuff about chance Nolan. So he did. Yeah. And then he was like, and he could end up our three year starter and that continuity would be great. And then he hit the brakes backpedaled and made sure he talked about Tristan Jebbia pushing, um, uh, Chance Nolan because it's not actually settled. Correct. He realized like he's out here talking like Chance Nolan has the job. Yeah, and um, that's not the case. Yeah, and I would be really concerned as an Oregon State fan if if that's the direction that he was leaning because they desperately need to elevate in that one area to take that next step. Like eight nine wins would be huge for them, 
and they're not going to get it unless they have someone who's going to go out and throw for 3,500 yards. True. Very true. Um, and the last two coaches, you had Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley. Did anything stick out for you with them? Uh, you know Chip. Yeah. You know Chip well. He's not going to like – he's not going to speak out of turn. But he's also not going to be a jerk about it. like yeah. So I don't know. I, I just felt like he he did a he did everything you would have expected him to do of saying like, hey, I'm not going to answer those questions, and here's why you probably shouldn't ask them because we don't actually like even if you even if I wanted to answer them, I couldn't. Yes, exactly, exactly. So it'd be a six and six minute oh. answer on you shouldn't have asked the question. Yeah. So uh, I got a chance to interview. Chip Kelly, and uh, here is how that went. We are on with Coach Chip Kelly. So, uh, Coach, there is a lot of talk about all sorts of things that don't involve football here on at Pac-12 Media Day. How excited are you to actually get to real football and open up camp soon? Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, and I've said this all along, the, the best part of football is football. <laughs> yep. You know, the other stuff... It's necessary, and I think it happens, and it's kind of what the offseason is all about. But um, starting next Friday, we'll be back on the field with our guys and excited about the opportunity. Yeah. What, what does success look like this, this year for for UCLA and for, for your squad? Well, it's, it's doing the daily things that you're supposed to do um, and improving every day, whether it's academically, athletically, socially, or spiritually. Um, we got a bunch of kids that have got it figured out. Um, we'll play this fall with 21 kids who have already graduated. You know, they've got their degrees. Um, they're, they're all, most of them, um, two are working on a second major. The rest of them are in grad school. Um, so they're fully taking advantage of, of what it's like to be a student athlete. Um, and, and, and when it comes to the football aspect of things is, is we finished out the season with three big wins over Colorado SC and Cal, you know, in, in really resounding fashion. Um, and then build off of that, that from last year, you know, and continue to grow. We've added some new pieces to the team. Um, but we got our core nucleus of guys, you know, Dorian back at quarterback, Zach Charbonnet at running back, um, a bunch of really good offensive linemen that are back. Um, our secondary's back intact. Uh, we've got all the guys that played linebacker that played a lot of snaps for us that are, that are back at linebacker. Um, we've got a couple new face, fresh faces on the defensive line um, that we're excited about and getting them implemented into the, the guys we currently have. So um, just seeing those guys improve on a daily basis is what we're trying to get accomplished. You, you're one of the coaches that talks a lot about outside of – football and their character and the, mm-hmm. the like how important is that to uh when, when you're either recruiting a kid or developing them into that to their their service component whether it's their, yeah. f- their faith and all of that i think it's huge you know i think the best part is that i had an opportunity to coach at any level um we'll roll around it in all aspects of their life you know i'm talking about darren Sproles, zach hurts Tamiko ryan's uh, malcolm jenkins Jason Kelsey, you know, I, I think they have their lives um, in, in a place where it's about their family, their faith, and then football. And, and I think if, if you find somebody that, that is grounded in all aspects of their life, they're probably going to be successful in the football aspect of things. And the, the, the football aspect is obviously very important because we are judged and you guys are judged by wins and losses mm-hmm. and, 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 and all of that. But how important is it to because I've heard you talk about it about not focusing on you know two days from now three yeah. weeks from now a month from now how difficult is that to 
like implant into a team? Uh, you know, I think it's, you live in a, a world, a digital world where everything is about outcomes. That's what was the score of the game, what was that? But uh, I think if you can focus on the process, um, then the outcomes will take care of themselves. You know, I think we're outcome aware, but we're process oriented. Um, there's a huge problem with mental health in this country. Um, but I think you can reduce 80% of your anxiety instead of focusing on the outcome, you just focus on the process. And can I put together a really good day today? You know, can I have a really good Friday? Yeah. I'm not worried about where I'm going to be in December and what the championship game is going to look like. Those are things that I just, um, we don't control that. What we control is what we do on a daily basis. Uh, and if we can develop those habits, um, then our habits will reflect our mission. And, and I think our players, um, it takes them a little bit while. We continue to drip, drip, drip that kind of philosophy um, to them, but I, I think we got a bunch of players that have really embraced that. And when I can sit here and talk about 21 of our kids have already graduated with a year of eligibility to go, I think that, that proof is in the pudding. Absolutely. Uh, be, before we get you out of here, you have been one of the innovators and ad early adopters of sports science, whether it's the the the, the, the meals, the shakes after practice, the mm -hmm. the naps, all, all that sort of, yeah. sort of thing. What what made you embrace that so so early, and how have you seen it pay dividends for your teams throughout the years? Well, when I became a head coach, you know, college athletics is a business, and if if it is a business. That's the approach I took. Then what is our product? Our product is human beings. So our job is we need to develop them the best way that we possibly can. Um, and I think it, one of the aspects that people missed out on they're starting to get around to is the nutritional aspect of what it is. You know, if you're going to develop a, a total person, um, it's not just the X and O's in the schemes. You know, it's, it's how are they fueling, how are they training, how are they recovering. Uh, and those are things that we can control. And I think they're difference makers um, when it comes to winning games on Saturday is, is how do we take care of our players during the week. Um, from a sleep standpoint, from a hydration standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint. And, and, and adding that aspect to it has got nothing to do with are we a, a spread offense or are we a pro offense or are we a power eye. Um, it's about that the guys that are performing are performing at their highest ability because we're developing them physically. And that's what we talk about on a daily basis with our guys. And um, the key to the whole operation is that you need to now recruit kids that want to be developed and understand that aspect of things. And, and we got a bunch of really smart kids that have, that have bought into that full and, and to watch their bodies transform. We have a tight end right now, I think, is an NFL kid, Hudson Abermouth. He's 6'7", he's 252 pounds. We recruited him. He was a 6'6", 184-pound wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but he's really a, he took advantage of everything we have. He's a walk-on. Uh, he's earned a scholarship. I think he's going to be a guy that everybody in the league will start talking about right now. You know, who's the tight end at, at UCLA? But he, he, he's developed himself because we've given him the tools to develop himself. Listen, that is great, and hopefully more people uh, embrace that. You guys, he's Coach Chip Kelly. Thanks for joining us. Hi, George. Right. Always. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, Ralph, I knew better than to ask Chip Kelly about conference realignment and all of that. So I asked him about the nutrition, the science and all of this stuff, how he got involved in it. Because it was just what, what what we talked about. It was going to be unproductive and unfruitful. And I was going to be sitting there for five minutes and he was going to be like, uh, well, 10 minutes really. And be like, oh, well, all right, cool, dude. I'm I'm just yeah. re- ready to get up out of here, bro. Uh, so question, uh, did you get to talk to Chip Kelly about the fact that you guys probably grocery shop in the same places? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like he goes shopping so that he could feed his kids lobster. You probably run into the UCLA chef at, at, at your local market all the time. Dude, he talked to me. Pink Himalayan sea salt and all the oh fancy ingredients. I'm, UCLA's dorms got to look like your kitchen. Dude, he talked to me about that. Uh, about that and how he got into that. And I, it made a lot of sense, bro. It made a lot of sense. And I'm not listening to you guys' hate about that. <laughs> um yeah, I'm just so, saying, you believe in eating good. So if if it was a current situation and you were 17 right now, you were 17 and you had Oregon after you. Okay. Uh, the, the strength of their brand over the last 20 years, even more so than when you committed to them back in the day. But you have Chip Kelly come to your house and say, like, hey, we just had some tight ends drafted uh, and – you're going to get filet mignon on Tuesday nights. <laughs> that would not have mattered to me at the time, but it damn sure would matter to me now. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, use what, you've got one year of eligibility left technically. Yes. Yes, I do. Tech, <laughs> technically. But I mean, so I, I'm, I'm pretty useless at this point. So uh, then you I, would want to go where the food is good. Yes, exactly. Because I'm not planning on playing anyway, so you know I can just and, and be. You, don't even, you can still live at home. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, they, the the Lincoln Riley thing today was kind of weird for me because he, like yeah, and he showed up like overdressed for the occasion, and so did his quarterback, and it it felt weird, bro. It felt weird. Yeah. It felt it felt almost like that they were like big timing the people are oh, oh you uh peons are in polos and polos we we don't do that at USC we are 
we are we are we are bigger brand we are the we carry <laughs> ourselves a certain way pinky up yeah i uh i i mean coming in dressing pinky like on the they dress like they're the class of the conference right yep. like and i think that that is him coming in meeting with all the alumni and saying like all right we gotta we gotta act like these guys act like we gotta we gotta bring back what it was uh for them which you saw you actually saw usc try to do some of that last year after clay helton yeah first fired they're like hey we gotta we gotta be more formal in certain you know places so i think that they've always they've kind of been on a journey to recapture the swag lincoln riley seems to be all about it um, the reason I say that I didn't like it is because someone had to ask about Jordan Addison. I think it was Ryan Karchi <laughs> asking about Jordan Addison and, um, and, and Lincoln Riley's answer wasn't going to be anything helpful, but like for him to, for him to like, it, he's not telling the truth. Yes, correct. Not telling the truth. Like the way that USC acquired players is what George Klyavkov spent the entire time in the opening talking about we don't want we want nil to be commiserate uh with what your actual value of your name image and likeness is based on the market we don't want to be buying transfers and high school players and that's what that is literally what uh lincoln riley and usc have been doing everybody knows it and his whole thing of like well it magically went out there that jordan addison was coming to us you know and, and, but that, you know, that wasn't true. We, uh, recruited him from the portal. Well, here's the deal. It magically got out there because Adam Brenneman, former ASU assistant, Adam Brenneman, who is from Pennsylvania knew that Jordan Addison was considering USC while still enrolled at Pitt. Yep. So how did he end up at USC when he was still on Pitt? When Adam Brenneman, who, was a college football recruiter last year and is still a presence building a media brand in Arizona right now and is from Pennsylvania. How do you think he knew that? And last year, the school that he was affiliated with magically had a freshman All-American end up on USC's roster. Best kept secret, homie. <laughs> and and one of the first schools to actually negotiate to get a quarterback's commitment, Malachi Nelson. And you've been on this podcast multiple times saying, hey, we have no we have no guarantee that those checks that were promised are going to clear. Yep. On the and you, Nelson and what got announced today. That wait. Oh, and that Nelson is taking official visits. Yeah, yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, it's it, it's an official to Texas A&M? I thought it was yeah, an unofficial. Or maybe it's unofficial, but either also, either he's, way. He's not stopping at Texas A&M. He's taking another visit too. It's like old miss or something. Yep, I told you, bro. And because you on this podcast at, repeatedly, that as like, as much as people think that USC stuff that they have this collective and all that, it's not like that, fam. It is not like that at all. And so you got you got players that might have been promised something that we'll, we'll see. Yep, we'll see if it comes through. But like this whole, I like I don't know. I just didn't enjoy having to sit through something that we know is not true and it, if anybody was looking into it would be able to find out how not true it is but yep. at the same time i'm not even 100 percent sure it's illegal it's just not within the spirit of the rule and people don't want to admit out loud that they 
Like you had you had a quarterbacks coach, you had a quarterbacks coach George yesterday tweet, I have a power five quarterback looking for a new home is willing to go FCS just wants to start right away. What? Yeah, you had a private quarterback coach tweet yesterday that he had a power five quarterback looking for an FCS school to start right away. He publicly Mm. brokered coaches to approach him for a transfer. Hey man. And it was retweeted by Avery, the, 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 the QB coach. By a Quincy Avery? Yeah, by Quincy Avery. Hey, man. Last night. And so, like, you have this stuff going on publicly, and we're going to act like it doesn't go on. I have been approached. You have been approached. I'm like, hey, do you know if X school has any spots for my kid? Yep. It's Mm. like, we know it's happening. And so, like, for Lincoln Riley to have to sit up there and pretend like, no, he hit the portal. And we, you know, we didn't know Caleb Williams. We we didn't know Jordan Addison. (laughs) Exactly, bro. (laughs) Uh, exactly um all right the last two things that we have up here is my interview with oregon new head coach mr dan lanning coach lanning this is your first pac-12 media day you spent some time at sec media day what's what's the biggest difference in being in that coordinator role at a a media day versus being the head man yeah george one of the biggest things i mean ultimately I didn't spend a lot of time watching Media Day before as an assistant, right? You uh, you check it for headlines to make sure there's anything you need to be able to touch base on uh, with from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, but now it's been a fun experience. I got to ride down here with Alex Forsyth, who's done it before, so he was able to coach me up and kind of give me the, the the ropes. Yeah, from the from the veteran player. That's right. Uh, so uh, as you've been kind of navigating this landscape between being a coordinator to being a a head coach what's kind of been the biggest uh, adjustment because it seems like as a coordinator you're so hands-on with the with the actual game planning so what what's the difference now you know i'm gonna i'm gonna still lean in on my experience on the defense that's something i want to be involved with but i want to be on both sides of the ball i hired coaches i trust to do a job I got to do a great job of illustrating that vision, you know, for me and what I want it to look like. Uh, but I'm going to be in meetings. I want to be out there on the field coaching. Uh, I'm going to be involved day in and day out in our approach, what we do, because that's really important. And and ultimately, I feel like you got to lean in on your expertise. So uh, defensively, I'll get to certainly have a say in what we're doing. And then I'm going to let our coaches coach on Saturday and go, go to work. Yeah, so you've obviously – walked into a very unique situation now there's conference realignment talk and nil like you you've been hit with things that most first-year head coaches don't have to deal with so how is that like navigating the relationships with recruiting versus whether NIL talks have to happen. What, what's that been like? You know, it's certainly different, but the thing I tell everyone is, yeah, as a first-year head coach, I'm dealing with it, but it's not that different from being a 15-year head coach or yeah. a 20-year head coach because it's all brand new Why to them as well. Easier, right? That's right. So we're, we're dealing with some stuff that certainly has never happened in college football, and I'm glad that I get to experience it now rather than 15 years from now. Uh, so how important is it to have when, when coaches talk about support from – the university support what does that actually 
What does that term mean when coaches say it? Yeah, ultimately, I think it, it starts with alignment, you know, all the way from President Shields and our athletic director, Rob Mullins, all the way to the, the fans, right? And everyone's sharing that same goal and vision of we want to be a, a university that competes for championships, and there's certain things that are required to do that. And uh, luckily for us, we've always been on the cutting edge, you know, thanks to some great donors that care about our program, but also thanks to great support of fans and good players. Yeah, the the uh, Duck fan base is a great one. And when you think about what has like where you where you came from in the SEC, where it's football is re- religion to a lot of people to be at a school that that has that. How important is that the, in terms of the fan base and the. Um, and the crowd and all of that that you're anticipating. You know, I think all that atmosphere contributes to the success of our guys on the field um, and then also our success in recruiting. You know, people want to be a part of something big, and Oregon fo- football is certainly big, and, and credit to that goes to the fans that exist in Autzen. I've, I've never experienced it outside of, you know, the spring game, which was an awesome event, um, but I'm really excited to see that place packed. And uh, you're going to go go back into your old stomp, stomping grounds, back to Georgia in what is they're calling a, a neutral site game, but there's <laughs> nothing neutral about it. No. Um, how exciting is it going to be to to uh, face Kirby and some of the other guys that are still on staff and knowing yeah. that just a year ago that that you were on the other team? Yeah, I mean, obviously I have the utmost respect for Coach Smart and wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He's a great mentor and friend. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to go compete. You know, you want to go play against the best, and they're wearing the crown right now, right? Yeah. So we get an opportunity to see where we're at really early and, and assess ourselves. All right, final, f- final thing for you. Um, we, the, the Oregon football family has dealt with a very tough time in the, in, in the last week and a half with the loss of Spencer Webb. How, how's the team doing? And, and, and for people out there, what, what can they do to support the Webb family or support – you know, the, the team through this process? Yeah, great question. You know, ultimately, um, it's tough. You, you don't just solve it, and I think I told our players this. It's You can sit here and say it's okay, but it's not okay. And uh, you have to you have to be open about it. You have to open up the floor to where your players can talk about it. And then for us, ultimately, we want to do a great job of honoring Spencer and the way we play. We never want him to be far from our memory. We have a couple of things we're doing as a program to remember him, whether it be the way we finish off summer workouts, climbing Spencer's Butte, or how we start every meeting. Um, but ultimately, as a fan, the biggest way you can contribute is, you know, they're starting a scholarship fund there at the Christian Brothers uh, where he went to high school. I think that's a really big place where people can give back. Uh, and I think, you know, you'll be seeing more information from on that from his brother and uh, this family here soon. All right, cool. Coach Lanning, thanks for joining us. George, appreciate it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Ralph, Dan was high energy exactly like you said, he, like, like you confirmed he was. It, it was pretty cool to hear. Um, and then the last thing, and this is probably the most important thing, this was Yogi Roth. And this interview was spectacular. His new book coming out. You guys are going to be excited to hear this. We are on with Yogi Roth, uh, Pac-12 Networks. You can hear him broadcasting the games and doing, um, what would you call them, Tid- tidbits with the universities and and some some of that programming. Uh, so th- thanks for coming on, Yogi. Dude, I just have so many great memories for you and I back in the day. At uh, 980 The Beast, right? Is that what it yeah, was? Yeah. Yeah. Our old radio days. That was crazy because so many of the people from there have gone on to do different things. And it was like a like a hodgepodge of people that totally. you didn't expect to be working together. And now Dude, I got to say, though, you were, uh, were so cool with me. Right? Like, coming in, like, I knew you forever. You're yeah. a legend. But you, I just always remember that. Like, you were always just cool. Like, Made me feel at home. From day one, you, I walked in, you're like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. And I, I just appreciate that. Man, that's good. See, um, it's funny because for for me, that sort of thing didn't really come, like, it, it, it wasn't thought about. It was just something like the, like the way I was raised and stuff like that. And your, and your energy. And I remember when you were doing the, uh, the uh, documentary with your, with your dad, where you guys were traveling around, and I just looked at that and I was like, damn, I would love to do something like that with, with, with my dad. How are things there? He's good. My dad was just out here. So he's healthy. And the film was called Life in a Walk, yeah. where he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I was like, oh my God, I need to learn more. Now here you are as a dad with older kids. And you're like, <laughs> What do they know about me? What do I want to share with them? Should they have questions? So it, it's just been a cool nudge for dialogue, and it's yeah. still people still ask me about it. So it's yeah. had some impact. Yeah. So you you have like obviously covered the Pac-12 for a very long time, but you're also doing some other things out, out, outside of it. How has that tra- transition been really? So from covering games to now, you've just ri- written a book about five-star quarterbacks. I love it. You know, to me, everything goes through a siphon of how can I seek and uncover humanity in sports all over the world, all over the Pac-12, especially in college football. Like, it's, it's all about that, uncovering the humans. Yeah. So I wrote this book, Five Star Quarterback, that just came out to really unearth and show people that all these quarterbacks are human. 
Right? You, you're in a recruiting. You were yeah. recruited. All of a sudden, a label gets stuck on you. It's going to happen to your son. He's going to be a five-star player, per se, or a two-star player. And people are going to define him. And what I've recognized in now 20-plus years in this league, in around this position, is all these guys get defined. Yep. Right? Marcus was a three-star guy, Marcus Mariota. He was defined as a certain guy. Bo Nix, five-star player, defined as a guy. Yep. When you're the five-star guy, you, you very rarely live up to it. So I decided I want to create a book, along with my friend Joey Roberts, and said so we need to create a book that's a tribe of mentors for these quarterbacks and other positions who are getting recruited and their parents. Oh, oh my! The, the, the parents need more uh, need this more than the actual kids totally. do because being a quarterback dad and understand because there there is some stress involved with it. There's a lot of stress for the the families because you do training. You 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 want to make sure you're lining them up in the right way. Sometimes parents want them to play as a freshman. They transferring all over the place. What what's the biggest lesson that you would kind of give to parents about? Uh, quarterbacking and or or if they're trying to you know I want to make a five star totally. well the the final nudge for me to write this book I had a parent call me and say hey my son's in fifth grade and he's got it so we're thinking about hiring a personal quarterback coach just going all in on football and I said hey <laughs> mom and dad you got to listen to me I know he's awesome but he number one hasn't hit puberty yeah number two you both are five ten max yeah. right like mom's not five ten dad's five ten Three, he can play at that size, but he needs to have fun, and you're going to burn him out. So we ask 54 quarterbacks who've been through this process throughout this book, did you play multi-sports? Yep. Majority said yes, or that's their biggest regret of not continuing to play basketball, baseball, whatever it yeah. is. We often also tell them, like, to mom and dad, every, there's a chapter, it's called Dear Mom and Dad, yeah. and it's the players giving advice to their parents looking back on their lives. And then we have C.J. Stroud's mom, Kimberly, Bryce Young's dad, Craig, and Christian McCaffrey's mom, Lisa, write letters of advice to parents of like, hey, it's not about you. Hey, check in on your kid's mental health. Yeah. Hey, ask him real questions versus about, uh, about his life versus the game. Like, there's a lot of insights there coming from sons and coming from parents. Because you're right, you can't Google how to be a five-star parent. No. There's nothing there. No. So I hope this book can... Fill that void a little bit. And talking to uh, Craig Craig Young, who's such a good good awesome. dude. I got I got got a chance to meet him with uh, working out with Taylor Kelly, and um, and Jaden Rashada's dad, and uh, Nico Imaleva's dad. Like it's just crazy, and so many other dads in, in, in the process too that are at varying levels of the recruitment. And for me, I've just taken like lessons from from them and seeing things that they've done that I thought what I would do differently or things that they've clearly done done right and things that they've shared with me privately that they would not do again. It, it's just a crazy process. And But now, going on to the Pac-12, which, which yeah. is the conference that you covered, there's a lot of instability, if you, if you will, or question marks sur- surrounding it. What does... What are what are things for you and other people who are specifically covering the, the, the conference? What's life like for you right now? Well, the first couple of days when that hit, I was interviewing Craig Young and Kimberly Stroud in front of the parents that I was 11 about what we just talked about. And my phone is exploding. And I'm like, are my kids okay? You know, yeah. is my wife okay? And then I checked, like, is our league okay, right? Yeah. And the first five days for me were like a lot of us in this league. You're scared. You're pissed. You're frustrated. You're angry. You don't know what's next. Yeah. Right? You're uncertain. 
But then after the weekend and talking to a lot of people, I'm like, we're going to be okay. Like, we're going to emerge. Ten teams aren't going to quit football. Every team isn't going to run to another league. And the reality is things are changing in college football. So for me, I looked at it and said, our ADs feel united. Our commissioner's incredible as a leader in terms of sure. seeing the future, understanding the media rights. And we also know the reality of some of those media rights, whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC. And schools may or may not have to make decisions on their future. But, but I feel actually strong about where we sit right now. Because the thing that hasn't changed, the amount of guys going to the league. 3% right. of players get drafted. There's a lot of kids that don't. This book details a lot of those guys. 51% transferred out of five-star quarterbacks. Another 18 transferred twice. Most guys don't make it. Out of the 134, 10 were drafted in the first round. Yeah. So what do you have? You got a degree. Yep. You got to have a college experience. So I, I'm okay. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm not going to stress about it, man. Yeah, that makes sense. Final, final thing for you, Yogi. Now, as we look at the at the the landscape going forward in college football, are you encouraged by by the by the state of the actual game and the game play? And the excitement surrounding college football, despite attendance ratings going down for the last seven years and the television ratings in some places. Yes and no. I'm so encouraged by meeting the players under the helmet. This generation of kids is awesome. You, know, you, you have them yeah. in your home. I, I'm so encouraged by that and how curious they are, how competitive they are, how they want to develop as teams, whether it's Colorado, 12th picked in this league, or Utah and Cam Rising, who I think should end up in New York City for the Heisman yes. Trophy. So I'm encouraged by that. I'm not encouraged if, you know, the powers that be say it's okay to transfer every year in college oh, football. I hate that. I'm not I, I, encouraged I like by one year. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you get one mulligan. Yep. It's only four years. Yep. I'm, I'm not encouraged by all these leagues gulping up teams. Cause I don't think it, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch SC play Ohio State. Is it going to be awesome for Purdue to come out to L.A.? Is it going to be great for the other Olympic sports? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I just think why we love college football is the pageantry. And I see that eroding a little bit yeah. outside of the, you know, what, what did Cowherd say? That we got a big game problem in college football? I think. Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. You know, but I call a lot of games that aren't Michigan-Ohio State, and they're freaking awesome. Yeah, they are. So I, I answer that both ways. Yeah. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, Ralph, that Yogi Roth thing to me was big because... He didn't. I First of all, I was just chit chatting with him and I was like, yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, let's talk about this book, bro. Like that. I need to get you for an interview just so we can talk about the book. And um, and I thought it was pretty damn cool how he like wanted to talk about the five star quarterbacks and the other kids that got other rankings and how it follows them around and their families. And so anybody who's thinking about being a quarterback dad or you may be a quarterback dad, read this book. I just ordered it off Amazon today and I cannot wait to read it. Yeah, what do you uh, I'm 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 excited about the interview and I'm curious, though, as uh, to how you feel about what he tweeted right before Pac-12 Media Day, right before it started, that this is the best QB conference in 2022. Hmm. You think so? It, it struck me as like, oh, that's just Yogi being Yogi. And then I started to think about it. I started to think about it. If, dude, if it's, there's going to be some what ifs in here, right? Okay. But Michael Penix was one of the most exciting players in the country. Didn't he beat Ohio State? Yes. No, wait. Uh, it may have been Ohio State, the one where he dove in the corner and he yeah. got hurt yeah or yeah or maybe they lost that game but it was triple overtime or something like that but at when he was playing at that level people were ta- talking about him for the heisman right so yeah he's in the conference you have a record-setting quarterback in cam ward at washington state so he's there you have a possible third year starter for an offensive genius at Oregon state, you have two five-star quarterbacks competing with a a four-star quarterback to see who's going to play at Oregon. Uh, The, the, the Cal and Arizona situations are iffy, but you know that Jaden Delora is, is something big. And then you have Caleb Williams and then you have Dorian Thompson Robinson cam rising. Like you can throw Colorado out, obviously, but I was thinking about it and I was like one through 10, one through 10 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, any other conference this year? Yep. Yeah, I think that that's very reasonable, dude. Very, very reasonable for for what we're gonna get out of this conference this year. And um, yeah, so uh, you guys, that is Pac-12 apostles, um, at least for now, <laughs> at from Pac-12 Media Day. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.